they got that one fucking guy from Nargaroth or whatever who like flew off the handle at me the other day on Facebook because I was like, LOL, straight dudes make the worst Satanists because this guy's going on a fucking tirade about traditional family values and, and Luciferian Satanism and shit. And I was like, what the? <laughs> right. Like, if you just flip that cross over, you'd be the weird religious guy from my hometown. <laughs> like, that shit doesn't make any sense. You know what? I'm, I'm mystified at the notion of, like, you know, my theistic Satanism uh, and Luciferian beliefs demand me be in a heterosexual relationship. Yeah, you'd figure they'd be all about sucking dicks because they say it in the book that you're not allowed to do that. And instead, I got fucking Ranger Rick over here, like, what? I just think that marriage should be between a man and a woman. I'm like, you're fucking stupid. sentence this week uh i know it's like a super podcast cliche to say here's some guests we've been looking to get on the show for a while but here's some guests we've been looking to get on the show for a while it's fucking neckbeard death camp on the show like yeah they're like right here i can see them they're on skype wearing ski masks like they're literally doing that. I don't know if they know what a podcast is, if it's they know it's just audio, but they still wore ski masks to a, to an interview. <laughs> Legit. So we've got uh, Hale's comrades. Uh, introduce yourself. Uh, hello, I, I'm Hale's comrades, and I uh, I play drums. That's pretty and, much uh, that's my introduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other one. Oh, oh come on, say it. Creekmaster hates Sturm. Uh Creekmaster. Um introduce your die self. Hey, what's up? I'm uh, I'm Creekmaster Hate Storm, vocals for the Neckbeard Death Camp. It's good to be here. So we played Neckbeard Death Camp on the show a, a while back, I think in July, when you guys just kind of broken out. Since then Fuck. It's <laughs> is my summation of your career so far. I mean, um, you're kind of blown up, and um, you're now signed to Prosthetic Records. You're playing MDF. Uh, you've just released a split EP with Gaylord, aka also known as Pope Richard um, of Black and Death Records who was probably in the time since you've released that, released like 10 more records because he's like the most prolific human being alive. Uh, you lost a member yesterday. Um, and we've said we're not going to... Yeah. There's not going to be any... If you came to this episode hoping for some like hot tea about that, then sorry, because we're just going to like be respectful. 
and uh, you know there will be no there'll be no tea served. Yeah, we scheduled this interview like way in advance, and all that stuff just happened, so it's just felt inappropriate to be like surprise, fuckers. Um, yeah, yeah haha. This is this um, is now a call out. It's a struggle session, and you're going to have to answer for your crimes against the metal community. That's a um, yeah. I mean, I I sort of just barely like got the Twitter shit handled. Um, We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it, it's not going to be a thing, at least on this episode. If you want to, if you feel the need to come back and talk about that, then yeah, my shitty microphone will always be open. And sweet. maybe we'll get Skype working. But um, otherwise, we're just going to talk about you guys as a band and as a phenomenon. Um, so I think people know your origin story by now bunch of guys met up on the internet decided to piss off nazis and made a band yeah so how do you get how do you guys actually record because you're in like whole different places right so um the way that i record i don't have like a full-fledged studio um i can kind of try to show you guys but basically like i don't know how well you can see that because the camera but here's my drum set mm-hmm. um and then i basically just run that to my interface which is right hopefully you guys can see that which is right there and that just goes into my computer um so that's how i record i mean yeah I, I i pretty much just have drums and some microphones in my basement that i use so it was hell's comrade again completely oblivious to the fact that this is an audio recording and we will not be seeing oh, any of that <laughs> But um, <laughs> we saw it though. Okay, we saw it. It was a very impressive drum kit. That's uh, thank you. Very shiny. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of quality posters in his room. Um, <laughs> the walls are, are kind of off white, but still, it, you know, it's kind of white off white. It's pretty pretty calming. There's a ceiling uh, fan. Ce- yep, ceiling fan. Can't, can't very, go without mentioning the Very handy. actually. <laughs> Well, I, you're welcome. I brought I brought uh, attention and honor back to the back to the ceiling fan and its folk. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> a little ceiling fan. <laughs> honor, String upon honor. Ceiling <laughs> <fan>. <laughs> yeah. You should you should name him like the ceiling fan, like Cyclone of Northern Winds or something. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> I like that. And what about you, Creek Creekmaster? Uh, I actually, um, like, you know, because obviously my other project is like a harsh noise project. I have... That's uh, a white, white uh, phosphorus, right? Yeah, white phosphorus. Um, I have recording equipment set up for that, you know, because um, harsh noise, like, requires a lot of equipment. Um, like, I have, you know, I have a couple of guitars and... Like a you know just like a, a shitload of equipment that I use for it, uh, and it's all you know it's all laid out. Um, but actually, for Death Camp, which is supposed to sound like the like you know we work very hard to make it sound the way that it sounds. I know people are like this sounds like shit, but like that's the fucking point. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get to that whole uh, people misunderstanding it in a minute because uh, that seems to be 
endemic right now, but uh, anyway, yeah. carry on. <laughs> um, so I actually record the vocals for this uh, into my cell phone. Um, I use like the white phosphorus vocal rig, which is, uh, you know, it, it, it's a microphone that goes into a mixer with an effects channel on it. So it's got like delay, reverb, distortion. Um, I actually filter the vocals through uh, a WMD Geiger counter guitar distortion pedal uh, and also a Digitech drop pedal to get it that low nice um just that sort of like cave growling um and actually it's funny um because i'm sitting in my room with uh i have a bird my apartment's like really small and there's a bird that lives here and the bird is loud as fuck Uh, what kind of what kind of actually totally hear gus the bird like in the background on a lot of the songs um, I that's yeah, an uncredited I, fourth member. Nice. Yeah. D- does he have a cool name too? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. But yeah, that would be a funny thing to include. <laughs> is his uh, is his opsec name uh, Gus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Iron Eagle of Righteous Fury, Gus. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. So. Like you said earlier, I've seen a bunch of uh, the haters and critics uh, say that you've got no riffs and it sounds like garbage. And from like every interview I've ever seen you guys do, you started out thinking, hey, let's do a joke band where we have no riffs and it sounds like garbage. And yet the haters and critics, they're still there. And they, no one seems to have got it yet, right? I think that's an accurate statement. <laughs> um, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you you put it perfectly. It's, it's. I mean, it's it's a joke. You know, it's supposed to sound like shit. The riffs are supposed to be cliche. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing. I have I have a running yeah. theory that I was uh, I was talking over with some of my coworkers um, that I've uh, I force them to uh, be into metal that I'm into because technically I'm their boss and <laughs> so uh, one of my few abuses of power is I'm like yo check this shit out um, today we're listening to Demi Lich <laughs> but, uh, right. um, sorry I uh, showed them the group and I was was talking through some stuff and I had. Uh, uh, it clicked in my head then that it it feels like some people latched on so much to the politics of your group that they perhaps like didn't mention at all the satirical nature of the band and so other people walk in expecting I don't know expecting like uh, uh, like uh, altar of plagues or like hex vessel or like or no yeah. no it's a uh, like that kind of like oh it's gonna be like high-tech, really intense, like the last Locrian record, and then they hear it, and they're like, this is bad, and everyone is dumb. And it seems to be the cycle of antagonization based on that, where any given person I see who really hates your group seems to be missing one part of it. <laughs> like, either 
the yeah. politics are clearly satirical or like the sound is part of that. They're not dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, so we've been talking about this in like moving forward. Um, cause obviously white nationalism is like what it is, you know, like that, that album is the joke, you know, it was the joke. We told the joke. Um, now we're a band. We're moving forward. <laughs> um, we're, we're going to write stuff that's like you would want to hear, you know? Yeah. Um, we're just going to write like super nasty, like blackened, you know, like somewhere in the gap between like black metal, war metal and grind. Cool. Um, you know, and it, it, it's funny, like when, when people are like, this sucks. But it's like we sort of set out to make like an existing genre of music in that like shitty fucking NSBM like already exists, you know? So like every time that they're like, wow, this has no riffs and this sounds like shit, like, yeah, we agree. Like <laughs> fucking Moloch sucks. Like this is just like shitty satanic warmaster and they suck too. Like <laughs> by saying that we suck, you're agreeing like with us. That that shit sucks, you know? Yeah, it it struck me as odd in that I'm, like, I'm turning 30 in December, but I've heard a lot of the references that um, you make sonically of just, like, the random either, uh, like, cassette or ultra lo-fi recordings from the 90s and someone's like, yo, check this out. It's And you're like, this sounds like garbage. And then you look it up later when you get home and... Uh, you know, you you can dial up to your internet because it's like the ninth grade or something. You're like, what the fuck? That was a Nazi band. Son of a bitch. Um, yeah. And like, I, I find it odd to see people, especially like uh, critics and members of press who are sometimes like a decade or more older, who definitely should know some of the Sonic references that are coming on that right. I thought made it as as fun as it was. Like it and that all of a sudden they're just like, oh, it sucks. Everyone, everyone's touting this band, and I actually, I think they sound bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, I bought a three hundred fucking dollar plugin to make it sound like a shitty analog recorder. You know, <laughs> like it costs fucking money to make it sound like this. Like, it's not just it's fuck. It's the way it is on purpose. And that's you know? like, I- I think it's especially it's especially strange to see that because it doesn't take much internet sleuthing to see. Um, to find at least your other group, White Phosphorus, to see a much more scaldingly serious uh, take on political extreme music. So it's like it's not it's clearly not from lack of ability. And it's also not hard to figure out some of the other groups that your other players have been in and to see that, again, it's not a lack of ability or a lack of ability to write riffs. It was it seemed very strange to me, again, that it like something that read very much as people in a scene together going like, let's cut a record. Who has a long weekend? I have a funny idea. And then doing it. And especially since you self-released it on Bandcamp, like some people talk about it as though you had this major label PR push behind you to have this very manufactured image when it was really like people found it on Bandcamp and were like, this is funny and linked it to each other. Yeah, it was like a Twitter thing for weeks. Like, people would post images of your lyrics. And people who would never listened to metal before in their lives were like, oh shit, this is funny as fuck. I better pay a dollar and, and get this. 
there's a, a like a big normie reaction to this as well. And yeah. I can remember uh, Dave Futrell of WeHuntedTheMammoth.com, which is like a really funny and long-running MRA-spearing blog. He clearly didn't enjoy the music, but he linked the hell out of the of the um, of the record and probably you know, put a fair bit of money in you guys' pockets. It was, uh, yeah, it was a it was a weird few weeks when uh, when white nationalism dropped. Yeah, I mean, like I think for that, the first day was pretty funny. Because I we were all just like in a group chat. Um, like Evan, you and I weren't even. Oh shit, uh, Evan, you, <laughs> you and I weren't even like connected on Facebook. When the yeah, we dropped. weren't like friends or any. We would just had like uh, the guitar, our guitarist as the uh, the mutual connection, and then once the album like actually blew up I is when I'm in the group chat yeah 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 I mean it's pretty clear you guys weren't expecting this to be as big as it was no not at all no I mean we literally just made the album and put it on Bandcamp and that was it everything else came after how long did it take between like going on Bandcamp and like oh shit this is kind of going viral uh, was it? I think as I soon say, as we were what? I, I was. I want to say it was like a day. Yeah, like a, around a day. It, 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 a few hours after we put it on Bandcamp, I think it was like the number two or or three black metal album or something like that. And then a few hours after that, it was the number one album on Bandcamp. Shit. That's how I'm out. How does that even work? I mean, there's, there must be people uploading shit even to the metal category all the time. How do you mm-hmm. even become the top selling album? I... Yeah, because I, I mean, at the time, Skeleton Witch's new album had just come out, and it was like we 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 surpassed mm-hmm. a fucking Skeleton Witch album in sales, and mm-hmm. I think like yeah. it had to be free until. We ran out of free downloads, and then having it be a dollar after that helps. <laughs> oh yeah, Bounce like when a album is twenty bucks, and our album's a dollar, you know, and it's got a fucking Iron Eagle with cocks all over it on the cover. Like you're like, ha, ha, you know, my credit card information is already fucking entered on Bandcamp. I might as well just pay the dollar for this, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you were beating out uh, Death Heaven's new one for a few weeks there. I think I don't think they ever surpassed you, and it's still in the, I think the top twenty at least. Um, that's kind of funny. Yeah. But, um, <coughs> so, how did you guys first like come across the alt right and white nationalism? And I, I guess I kind of, I know we said no origin stories, but I, I kind of want to know about you guys' lives before this and how it came together with the politics, if you get what I mean. Like, how did you first see all the stuff that you're lampooning in your lyrics? I mean, Hales, didn't you 
say to me the other day, you were just like, I had no idea like this volume of these people existed until we did this. Yeah, they, it's hard to explain. I, I, I never realized, I knew obviously, you know, I knew that NSBM existed. I knew that it was a thing, but I always just kind of assumed that, you know, the vast majority of black metal bands, you know, were, were just average people, so to speak. Um, and I think to some extent, you know, a lot of them are, they don't, you know, they don't mean any harm. They're not, you know, racists or anything like that. But after this blew up, um, there was just like, it, it was astounding to me. People that I had, you know, people that, you know, that I was friends with on Facebook that I'd always just thought were, were normal people. It turns out that, you know, that, that they were, you know, Nazis, neo-Nazis to some extent, or, you know, or, or racist in one way or another. And it, it was just, it was mind blowing to me, you know, um, I, I originally joined, um, I mean, I, I guess for a couple reasons. I had always been uh, left-leaning, for sure. Um, yeah, I remember watching, like, Gavin McInnes videos on YouTube and stuff, and I always thought, <laughs> I always thought those were fucking hilariously stupid. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I, I knew that it was there, but I didn't know that white nationalism existed to the extent that it does until until Neckbeard happened. Yeah, um I mean I like began becoming like a politically charged person in 2013, 2014. You know, I stopped being just like a fucking doofus. Um and like started to like actually give a shit like about the world around me. Uh, and like a lot of my friends at that point in my life um you know, I was sort of a younger punk and like the first round of people started dying from heroin overdoses, you know, before things are the way that they are now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like look at those people then and I, you know, at that point in my life, I realized that they like could have been better served by the world, you know? Um, like there's a series of power structures that go into those sort of things, you know? Um, and so, you know, I started being like, wow, like, you know, maybe like addiction treatment is a thing that should exist in a way that's, you know. Um, and so that's that's like where like my like baby leftist politics were born, you know, is like literally watching like sort of the way that this country treats my friends who had been like sexually assaulted, my, you know, my friends who were struggling with heroin addiction. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, I started hanging out with punks who began to like really canonize that about themselves. Um, and I hung out primarily with crust punks who are like almost exclusively like anarchists and shit. Yeah. Um, and you know, once, once they start talking, you realize like how much sense a lot of that shit makes, you know, you realize, um, shit like that. So, uh, you know, I, I, that's, it was my like left politics were born there. And then I grew up and just continued to like read books and shit about it. Um, and, and then so eventually, obviously, you fall into left book as like a left leaning person. And from there, like, it's just a fucking deep dive into DC nine. And you're just. And then, you know, like, like every other leftist, you fall out with left book. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, like, and like, I think that th that transition is important, too. Like, 
you're like, okay, like becoming a leftist, you know, reading anti-fascist politics, like you read about all this stuff. Um, and you, you spend your time like cutting your teeth and whittling your arguments, like arguing with other left people and, you know, fucking whatever goes on in Facebook discussion space these days. Um, but like there eventually comes like a time in which you turn that on, like actually shitty people, you know, instead of just like online discussion space, like you, you move into the real world. Um, yeah. And I, I think that also touches on um, a bit of general discussion people have about the overzealousness or oversensitivity of college kids, which to be fair, it's largely overblown. They're normally asking for really basic things like call me my actual gender, not one you've decided I am or things like that. But um, even within that space, the notion of we have culturally had for as long as really we have recorded history spaces where people who are new to ideas can talk almost exclusively to each other to help each other sort of navigate uh, the questions of it to go like, we know roughly the same amount. Where's the next place to go? What's the next idea? Do these make sense? And I think left book and like the more discoursey end of Twitter function that or serve that function. And then like you were saying, you get to a point where you just kind of have to graduate out of it where you're like, I know that that did help me at one point, but yeah. Now I'm at a point where I'm better served either reading specific things or maybe now I'm equipped to go talk to my more conservative coworkers or more conservative family members or things like that. And now I know how to get through to them where before I would have, you know, been driven like red in the face with just how fucking awful some of the things they say and think are. Right. <coughs> oh, oh, yeah. I think. Start I, listening to podcasts. Obviously, they're probably the premier form of uh, leftist discourse right now. <laughs> Kidding. It's uh, that that sentence and you street fight Chapo Trap House. That's it. The big three. The, the big three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the big four if you count in Come Town. But, but everyone uh, hates Come Town. So everyone. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like uh, if the big four of Fresh, they they would be Anfrax. But, um, Zing. Yeah, okay. take that. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> speaking of music, um, we're coming up to about the halfway point, so let's play some. Uh, specifically, we should probably be playing something off United Anti-Fascist Evil, because it's fucking slays and it's cool and it's out now. Uh, so let's... Yeah, those two tracks are really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> So let's um let's play Gaylord first and leave okay. you guys' contribution to to later. Um sure. so this is gonna be a song called The Alt Right Will Lay in Mass Graves Under the Blazing Banners of Antifa. And its lyrics are not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> now see the racist cry kneeling in their graves, now see the fascist die. NSBM falls, dead now, what and all, and so on. It, yeah, it, it doesn't take a lot of close reading to get through to um, what he's what Richard is talking about. If you're uh, not shouting fuck yeah and thrusting your beer in the air during it, you're dead to me. <laughs> damn right. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, so let's play that, and then we'll come back and talk some more.
was Gaylord with The Alt Reich Will Lay in Mass Graves Under the Burning Banners of Antifa. Uh, fun fact, you know uh, Vidal Sassoon, the guy who makes shampoo? He was yeah. uh, he was in Antifa. He 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 managed to expose the fact that the like British like Parliament and a bunch of like gentry were all conspiring with the British Union of Fascists for like this fascist takeover of Britain. So he kind of like saved my country from fascism and makes shampoo. So thank you, shampoo man. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a good one. Good yeah. on you. I, I, I try and I, yeah. express my solidarity through that my shampoo purchases now. That that probably makes sense why so many of these fucking basement dwelling dorks don't actually vape. Yeah. Um, There's no way to get, get through to a, uh, They don't know what kind of shampoo solidarity exists and they don't want to accidentally support it, so they have to opt out of the whole, the whole <laughs> social project. <laughs> They don't want to find out that their sh- sweet shampoo dollars are going to um, uh, Trident missiles uh, aimed directly at Richard Spencer. Right. Neat bucks, I think, is the term for that. Uh, yeah. Those, those, um, the checks uh, that get written for the people that that you know have no jobs, no training, no employment. They're just like basement dwellers. That's their slang term for it. Nice. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, right-wing slang, <laughs> there's, this, there's this thing I saw over the last couple of weeks that really kind of encapsulates how shitty and deluded the alt-right are, where they've started calling people NPCs because they've somehow convinced themselves that 80% of all humans don't have an interior monologue and are basically just like like NPCs in a video game, and <laughs> and the people like them are real people because they can actually think, and are not just jellyfish. I guess I, I love how I love how baldly dweeb shit that is. Like that, <laughs> just immediate. Like you don't have to think at all. You can explain like the alt right are now referring to people they don't like with video game people terms, and they're like fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we have solidarity with normies. <laughs> We're going to put these fuckers in lockers. <laughs> You're really going to win over middle America by trying to explain your ideology in terms of role-playing games. You're like, dog, we all like those things. Play them in secret in your bedroom and tell no one about them, just like every one of us. Yeah, keep them uh, out of politics. They're, they're already right-wingers, so it's not surprising they'd fuck up something that simple. Yeah. Well, it's like genocide bad, and they're like, no, genocide good, and you're like, don't talk about video games to normies, and they're like, use video games for political discourse purposes, and it's like, <laughs> you fucking um, dipshit. <laughs> uh, well, I am, I am in fact an NPC. I'm actually a quest giver. Um, if you are a far right player character, uh, you can come talk to me. In Chicago, and I will give you a quest where the only objective is that you go fuck yourself. Uh, That's tight. Get fifteen hundred XP. Get that quest. Yeah, like zero of one. Go fuck yourself. Rewards. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Did you get some XP and a healing potion? The uh, yep. the bit of quest complete dialogue is fuck you. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then I give you a wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> you receive one wedgie. <laughs> Have you heard that, Hales? Have you heard anybody refer to somebody else as an NPC? Saw it. I can't remember where. I saw it once or twice, yeah. I've seen it. But I can't remember where. Yeah, I don't know yeah. who came up with that. I um, I, like, obviously, uh, just, you know, all I ever hear is cook. <laughs> yeah, they haven't, they haven't moved on from that, have they? And I don't think they're, they're going to. Like, you could sit down and explain to them just how big a self-own getting so worked up about cuckoldry is. Cuckoldry, uh, I believe it's called. Cuckoldry. Cucketry, like puppetry, uh, and um, that's puppetry, yeah. Yeah, they they just they don't know how badly they're owning themselves by that, and they're just never gonna quit. They've like gone beyond the point where they can't afford psychologically to admit how badly they're owned, so they just have to really, really commit to it. But uh, I think yeah, they're still using cuck, aren't they? And it's yeah, yeah. It's like, on one hand, I don't want the radical right wing to be smart, but on the other hand, it's also deeply, deeply frustrating that they're as stupid as they are. Yeah. It's yeah. like, how how do they have power and be this stupid? I don't, I don't understand. I'm tempted, I've been talking <laughs> to my partner about this, I'm tempted to uh, become theologically inclined, but only on the notion that God is uh, stupid and bad, but real. Hmm. That would make sense in a certain way. Like, he's real, but he's also really dumb and awful. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a, a Gnostic, but you're very online. Yeah. Should be like yeah. the first Gnostic church of weird Twitter. First Gnostic poster. <laughs> <laughs> What That's are just... discourses on archons but proto posting? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Dead Sea Scrolls was someone's a... <laughs> Dead Sea Scrolls was someone's attempt to delete their account that didn't work. <laughs> and uh, anyway, before we go on to more obscure religious references <laughs> uh, combined with Twitter stuff, that be a death camp still here. Yep. They, they, haven't, they haven't logged off. Um, let's ask Let's ask them a question that's going to make Gareth mad at me. Uh, do you guys like anime? No. <laughs> Good. No. <laughs> that's... Uh, yeah, they're, they're both shaking their heads no and frowning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damn right. Well, they should. You yeah. win again, Gareth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's an ongoing uh, problem. <laughs> It's not, it's not a debate, it's a, it's a problem. Um, and, yeah, anime is bad. Um, thank you, guys. So far, everyone has agreed with Gareth. No one has agreed with me. I'd be tempted to say I was wrong, but I, I am not wrong, so this temptation is easily overcome. So, a another kind of uh, question, slightly more serious, but also not as uh, not like intense. What other kinds of uh, I always like to ask this about bands because I just find it interesting. Because I used to be the nerd who would like pour over like uh, like album booklets and especially look in the back for like names they were bands they would name check. Uh, 
what kind of shit you guys been listening to? Just anything at all. Um, for me, I, I listen to. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. It's it's hard to to think. Um, I just released a new album for one of my other projects yesterday, so I've been listening to that quite a bit. Nice. Um, I listen to. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Ghost Bass lately because I saw him live a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, I really love Arch Goat. Um, the new album Arch is Mike. really fucking good. Um, Spectral Voice is another huge influence on me, too. Mm-hmm. That, cool. that, love that Spectral record, Voice. Yeah. The record is fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, Necrotic Doom and Eroded Corridors of Unbeing, I think, might be my top two albums ever. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're both, like, re- I could listen to them on repeat all day. Um, another band I really like, too, uh, is, uh, Whoa. And pretty much whoa. anything that, uh, yeah, Whoa. And, uh, any, anything Liv Weinstein is in, it just seems to be fucking gold, too. Yeah, I can I could pretty much go on all day about the games. <laughs> uh, what about you? Um, <coughs> I so so I actually uh, did a thing um, sort of a ways back in which I like you know sort of washed out my record collection um, and like. I was actually at a, uh, I was at a, a Julie Ruin show at Riot Fest last year, which is Kathleen, one of Kathleen Hanna's new projects. And she was talking about, um, sort of being mistreated by some guys in the music scene, uh, in a band that I liked. Um, and, you know, I, like, I, I'm like a, a pretty big, uh, Bikini Kill fan. Um, and, and I, I sort of wrestled with that. And then, so I, I like washed out my record collection and I like only sort of listen to bands now that are like, um, like actively political, like in the direction I want to be talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which was, you know, cause I was already listening to like a lot of crust. Um, you know, I was, I was sort of friends with, uh, Pat the Bunny. Um, when I was younger, like Johnny Hobo in the Freight Trains era, you know, um, like those kind of kids. So I, I was already sort of halfway there. Um, so I like, you know, I like Doom. I like Bikini Kill. I like, uh, you know, Appalachian Terror Unit. Oh, yeah, um, they're really good. Yeah, that yeah. is really fucking good. Holy shit. <laughs> um, did they release anything lately? I thought like the last album was in like twenty sixteen or something. I mean, they still run Profane Existence Records, um, which is still like a very active distro, you know. Um, so they're still around. They're still playing shows. They're still like putting shit out there. Um, I just don't know if they're making new stuff. Um, but I mean, their old stuff is plenty for me. Mm, that's uh, good. You know, I, I, I haven't played them on this show before. ATU? Well, we can fix that. 
Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> okay, ne- next next show. Um, you know, I I listened to uh, a lot of leftover crack when I was younger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember those days for myself as well. <laughs> mm-hmm, same, same. Um, um, you know, and then obviously like the other crack rock study bands uh, in there. Um, and it's funny. I actually just I messaged uh, Mad Conductor the other day. Um, from No Cash, and I was like, "Hey, like, do you want to do an interview with us uh, for your podcast?" And he was like, um, "You know, he's taking some time off from his podcast to to get his shit together." But he was like, "Haha, yeah, totally. You guys are really funny." Um, and it was weird to have like a guy who I had sort of taken seriously, um, you know, from a time in which I was like a lot younger. Because I mean, I think like "Run Your Pockets" by No Cash is like in my humble opinion like the best punk album of all time um and then on top of that i listened to a lot of fucking kesha <laughs> kesha is really fucking good to be fair mm, yeah Her is like one of my favorite like unironically one of my favorite albums i was a huge fan of uh her second one's animal right first one was yep. warrior and second one's animal i was a huge no, no, fan of that third one Oh, did she have one before those? She may have. I may have just missed it. Yeah, I don't know. One um, of them I ranted at people about, and they were like, aren't you like the death metal guy? And I was like, shut the fuck up. We're talking Kesha right now. Stay on topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she writes a fucking banger. That's all that matters in this life. <laughs> right. She's, she's in this talented. Life. And she's also like crazy smart, too. She has a yeah. very high IQ. I know that's like a kind of um, very alt-rightish thing to say, that's a, a way of like judging someone's value. But um, she she is uh, a legit genius. Like, oh, Kesha has a, a really ideal skull shape. Yeah, <laughs> she would be a good breeding stock. Oh God. It would be um, funny if there was a phrenology podcast, if only because phrenology requires such tactile or visual information that talk merely talking about criminal skull shapes for an hour in a in a purely audio form would be uh that'd be some true uh form against content irony right there. That's highbrow now. See now I I landed it. I stuck the landing. <laughs> this should yeah, be like a, this should be like woke woke phrenology. Uh, <laughs> should try and reappropriate it. Be like an anti-vaxxer or something, and just like make it make phrenology woke again. So, like research flat skull theory, or <laughs> least racist. <laughs> I was like, I'm incredibly uncomfortable with this line of research. And be like, no, no, it's fine. See, we're we're fighting against the evils of the world they're like i don't think you are <laughs> that was that was actually one of our first like pretty viral tweets um some fucking doofus sent me a like a it's shitty like unhinged like one you know one of those fucking like race scientist people <laughs> racist sent people. me like a fucking essay about phrenology and i my like literal response to this guy before i blocked him as i was like yeah, lol. I'm a DIY phrenologist. 
in that <laughs> using only a fucking tire iron, I can measure your skull and decide if you're ever going to walk again. I mean, I <laughs> that is um, <laughs> and then I, you know, that that's like when our, our Twitter was sort of beginning to take form. Um, and we had like a pretty interesting interaction with uh, some like other people and, you know, so, sort of like verified accounts began to take notice of us, you know, musicians that we liked started, started to pay attention to us. Yeah, I saw the other day you spoke to Gail Simone, the comic book artist, because we like uh, she, friend, I, she just reached friend, one of our things. Friend of the show, Gail Simone. Uh, yeah, she's like I, I didn't. I can't imagine she's going to be a fan of your music, but uh, yeah, that that was that came really out of left field. But uh, congratulations, and um, yeah, check out her Secret Six run. It was really good. It was. It was really solid. Yeah, she's. Just, Damn good writer, but um, a little earlier, before we started recording, you were mentioning your stage shows, because those are coming up. Like, uh, when when are you guys going to do your whole live debut? Um, well, I, I, right now we're, we're working on um, starting to plan our tours and stuff. Um, I'm hoping to do at least... I would say like a two-week tour run leading up to uh, MDF. So probably around the beginning of May of next year, I think, it is is our goal as far as when we want to start playing live. And uh, what's it going to be like live? Like what what is a Neckbeard Death Camp show going to be? Um, it's going to be a very visual experience. Um, Good. In that, like, uh, my my degree is actually in sculpture. Um, uh, It's funny, because I'm actually, like, the shittiest musician in the band. But I'm, like, good at all the other stuff, which is why White Phosphorus is a harsh noise act, because I can't fucking play guitar. Um, (laughs) So, it like, you know, it looks really good. Um, Yeah, I always like the design elements for that group. Or that project, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, I like the design elements of this one, too, but I'm obviously the other one's much more just your baby, so. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I I would... Um, my my favorite band to go see live is Guar. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely. You know, I've Guar, like, plenty of times at this point. Um, and so I would like to sort of take some elements from their stage show, you know? Um, but, like, maybe combine that with the more sort of serious uh, elements of black metal, you know? Like, like you know, less styrofoam, but also, like, that size, you know? Um, and, I like, I, I don't mean that as, like, like I'm not... A, Absolutely not talking shit about Guar. Um, but like, they're sort of like, they, you know, they're, um, like the cartoonish antics. Uh, yeah. I would like, like to, you know, put like a, uh, like an edge, like a, like a more, um, more, more toothy edge on. Uh, 
And that seems to parallel the uh, the content of, of your work as well, which uh, I didn't really think about it until you brought it up, but uh, there are timbral parallels between, like, the way that you approach a very satirical put-on of right-wing politics and the way that to... I did not believe this until I ran into someone who thought it. To outsiders, people sometimes think Guar is being 100% serious about what they're saying instead of it being a parody of right-wing figures from their period. And taking it, obviously, in a much more extreme direction, since they were also partly, as much as they were riffing on uh, more traditional heavy metal and thrash, you guys are you know, drawing, obviously, more from uh, the extreme end of punk and metal. I, like, can't actually fucking believe somebody would look at Guar and go, yeah, these guys are serious. <laughs> it- <laughs> I didn't until I heard someone basically go like, you know, it's really messed up. Basically doing the whole, like, 19-year-old and doesn't understand the usage of the word problematic and is really bad at art. So they look at Guar doing something and they're like, mm, that's, that's a naughty one. And it's like, no, but they're the bad guys. Be like, that's right, we agree, they are the bad guys. And you're like, no, not like, no. <laughs> the point yeah, like, is that that's whole... bad. <laughs> the fact yeah, that you're like, not liking it means you get up, it. Like, fucking... Crack smoking aliens from the, <laughs> the void of space beyond the sun is to be like that's bad. Actually, <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Let me. Here's a hot take. So, you know, when we're talking about art and and metal and national socialist fucking black metal and all this shit, um, I I think that in in sort of extreme music, you're afforded uh, you're afforded a platform to make art about shit that's bad. You know, um. Like, you say, like, okay, you know, here's a here's an album about fucking murder and shit, you know, and that's that's spooky and bad, and that's why you make heavy metal music about it, you know? Like, it's the form and the function become the same thing. Um, and, and so I, like, I think that, like, like this sort of this sort of incorporation of like World War II imagery into heavy metal music makes sense that they would arrive at like that set of conclusions, you know? Yeah. But like in the same way that Guar are like the bad guys, you'd figure the reason that we like get up on stage and paint our faces like the fucking Antichrist and shit is to talk about that stuff like it's bad, you know? We're like, yeah, this shit's bad. That's why we make fucking death metal about it, you know? Um and for whatever reason, with fucking NSBM, there's this weird disconnect that happens. Um, in that, like, nobody has ever, like, listened to a fucking Deicide album and, like, lashed a, you know, like, a virgin to a stone table in their print and sacrificed the same. <laughs> nobody listens to a fucking, like, a Tenager Cavalry album and then becomes, like, a Mongolian horseback warrior in like Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma, you know? No, I, I actually like, did that. So. Did you, did I'm, fuck, fuck my point. No, <laughs> I listened to Man of War once and now I'm just straight up fucking shredded. <laughs> yeah, can, I get, can I get some more chest wax in the monitor, please? <laughs> um, uh, no, but, but yeah, I, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like they're yeah. like, you're, you're, if you, if you're if you're producing art that that like means a thing, you know, you're making art that's like objectively difficult to listen to, you'd figure you would cover hard subjects as like making effective art about it. 
yeah, you know, engage in this sometimes and on the literary end here of, um, but it also affects like films and other kind of like visual art, things that work on the axis or any other axis aside from horror that typical pop critical mode tends to work pretty well in because there isn't a lot of, or, or when there is deliberate subtext or um, negative text, it's it's not too hard to suss out. But for whatever reason, people seem to have a breakdown when it comes to anything that works on the axis of horror. That, like, it is no longer a tale of horror if you're not horrified, if you think this is not horrifying. And no one really looks at horrifying as a positive trait. It's not, like, you don't condone the serial killer killing teens. It doesn't, the film doesn't work if you think that that's good. Um, yeah, remember all those people I, who I, thought, like, American Psycho was a, like, celebration of how great Patrick Bateman was as a person? Yeah, like, people who are like, oh, I don't like it because it, it presents this weird image of, yeah, like, there are plenty of reasons to have issue with it, but that's the fucking point of it, you idiot. Like, he's the bad guy. You know, and, and, and so, like, like in this vein, you know, you'd figure heavy metal would be about hard shit. You'd figure, um, fucking, you know, black yeah. metal would eventually, like, eventually, obviously arrive at the conclusion of covering, like, World War II imagery, you know? And that's the fucking point. But then, for whatever fucking reason, these guys, like, turn around and are like, oh, yeah, and I'm also a huge fucking Nazi. And I'm like, you're defrauding your own fucking art. You look like a fucking douchebag. You sound like a moron. They got that one fucking guy from Nargoroth or whatever who, like, flew off the handle at me the other day on Facebook because I was like, LOL, straight dudes make the worst Satanists because this guy's going on a fucking tirade about traditional family values and, and Luciferian Satanism and shit. And I was like, what the? <laughs> right. Like, if you just flip that cross over, you'd be the weird religious guy from my hometown. <laughs> like, that shit doesn't make any sense. You know what? I'm, I'm mystified at the notion of, like, you know, my theistic Satanism uh, and Luciferian beliefs demand me be in a heterosexual relationship. Yeah, you'd figure they'd be all about sucking dicks, because they say it in the book that you're not allowed to do that. And instead, I got fucking Ranger Rick over here, like, what? I just think that marriage should be between a man and a woman. And I'm like, you're fucking stupid. I mean, that's like the thing at the end of a fucking um, fetishization of Asian women that like Hales and I laugh about all the time. Like these people are huge fucking posers. They're posers. <laughs> that's, that gets to me a lot. That specific element of they, it's sort of like if you're going to tell an edgy joke, it doesn't work if you tell people they're not allowed to be offended. Because the whole point of the whole, it, even when it's gross, at least the notion of what makes that a joke is the fact that you tell something so outlandishly against the grain that the unexpectedness makes people laugh. The minute you start cutting against that and going like, no, actually, no, you're supposed to like it. No, you're especially you see like black metal bands that are like upset that they're getting banned from places and like, oh, these pussies won't let us play because they found out that we're Nazis. And that actually makes them. It's like if your whole point is to be notorious and grim and evil and you immediately turn around and say people aren't supposed to feel that way about you, what are they doing? What fucking kind I mean, of poser shit is that? Like, what are you even doing? Now you're just the racist or you're just misogynistic or something like that. Like, it doesn't, not even that I have, not even that I'm co-signing art like that, 
but it doesn't even make sense from within that world. Like, they just self-destruct themselves. What's that fucking guy? Nicholas, uh, whatever, from, um, Shining. Oh, yeah. those guys. That guy runs around all the time talking about how fucking dangerous his shit is. But my, like, only memory of that guy is that one time he was, like, at a show and somebody flicked, like, a plastic water bottle onto stage. <laughs> and there's a YouTube video of that where somebody, like, flicks a plastic water bottle onto stage. And he's, like, immediately grabs it and he's, like, do not throw a bottle. You will be executed. <laughs> and then from there, from that, from the whole Shining thing, like, the No Safe Space Tour, Shining DSBM fucking anti-Christian militant, super extreme dick bro black metal, post a fucking, like, an eight-paragraph Facebook tirade about how some people just want to ruin the show for other people, and I'm like, bro, you're cutting yourself up on stage with razor blades screaming about how this isn't a fucking safe space, and all of a sudden, like, a plastic bottle is, like, what derails the show for you? Like, why don't you, like, march your ass down off that fucking giant stage for a second, gain, like, two shreds of perspective, go back to playing violent fucking basement shows, and get real again, you know? Like, if you want to play that shit, and you want to, like, you want to be fucking on the, the, the edge of shit, and, like, in a fringe group, and in fringe spaces, like, why are you pursuing big stage shows and shit? You'd figure you'd be playing in fucking basements, like, attracting people who... Like, all of this shit just is a fucking oxymoron, like, like from start to finish. All this... It's a fucking caricature, you know? And it's shitty I, art as a result of it. Yeah. That's something that I weirdly respect about much larger, like, stadium acts. Because even even when I'm not as big of a fan of the music, they at least are pretty open about, like, imagine part of what you're paying for is a sense of immersive performative or performance art. And when you come here, we want you to be part of that immersion, not just for yourself, but for everyone else. But, you know, imagine, you know, some loose code of conduct so that way it doesn't disrupt that for others. Like, they communicated a bit more clearly, partly because they dropped the act even temporarily. And I think that's a weird thing that, like, some black metal bands don't quite have a grasp on. And then you get them complaining about shit they set themselves up for, where it's like, like you were mentioning, it's like, oh, I'm 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 dangerous, I'm, I'm loose, so they're like, no one is safe around me. And then it's like, uh, to be fair, a pretty reasonable request, don't throw stuff on the stage. But not understanding, like, you can't say those two next to each other. You can't. Or you can't do that without also having these other statements of, like, when I'm saying that on stage, it's theater, it's not real. But they're totally unwilling to do that because they aren't... And that sort of strikes me as another thing. It feels a lot of times when they have those reactions that they're outing their fans. It's like, I'm not playing for mature people who understand an element of theater and drama to touch into aspects of being alive and being a person that you can't really do on a day-to-day -day level without totally fucking up your life. Um... But they they feel unwilling to say that because they're playing for fucking mental children who can't right. fucking handle, like, no, pause for two seconds. We're going to have two hours of really diving into, like, a persona altogether. It's going to be great, cathartic. And then we're not going to be shitheads to our neighbors than when we leave. Right. Cool. God, I hate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Shining can die on... 
choking on a huge bag of dicks. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. And uh, Revenge was on that tour, right? They were on the whole no safe spaces bullshit. And uh, I don't I, I, probably. Um, <laughs> I, I, I only remember because um, all of my left-wing friends started sharing his tirade and we all just had like a solid laugh at what a fucking dork <laughs> that dude is. <laughs> so, um, <coughs> to cap things off, what what's happening next? Because you've said you've got some other uh, splits in the pipeline. Is that something you can share just yet, or is that going to remain a mystery? Um, Hales, do you care? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. Uh, so our next one is with uh, Rough Francis. Um, it should be coming out around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a they're a very politically charged punk band. If you haven't heard them before, you should. Rough um, Francis. Uh, what? Rough Francis. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um. And then after that, what are we doing? Is that the I don't the... know for sure enough to say. <laughs> yeah, I think after that, you know, it, it's Rough Francis, and then I think it's Worm, um, who's a grind band. Uh, and then then's the next full length. Um, and then we'll we'll probably like continue to release splits with you know, bands we like um, along the way. But actually, like, as a part of the thing that we sort of didn't touch on when we were talking about the tour, you know, the tours, is that there's there's a big plan to become, like, a, a long-term touring entity. Um, oh, that reminds me of something. So... Will the shape of the material be roughly the same on the stage as it was on the record? Or, uh, or are there some arrangement adjustments for you know, the, the live experience? Hales, I mean, you, you know more about like the music than I do. Yeah. Like, well, on that. I, I, yeah, I just think... For the type of music that we play, we we don't really have to make any adjustments necessarily, <laughs> just because it's supposed to be, you know, raw and you know sloppy. Sometimes it's supposed <laughs> to sound like shit, be super distorted, all that shit. I mean, there, there's not really any need to make any adjustments to anything, you know, to to help it fit the stage. I think it fits the stage perfectly as it is, um, and. I personally would like it like to keep it as close to the records as as possible. Yeah, that's uh, that's the answer that excites me. That's what I was yeah. hoping. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, my like preferred show is like a basement grind show. Like, you know, I like it when it's like a violent, dangerous mess in like an illegal basement venue. You know, um, and there there are certain elements of that that obviously won't take place in like bars and stuff, but like. There's no, uh, there will be no orchestral section to the Neckbeard Death Camp show. <laughs> no. You know, we're not, um, 
we're not going to turn it to Dimmuborg here on you. Uh, so you're not going to blow your prosthetic advance on an orchestra, is what you're saying? No. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I do have, um, in being a retired Oogle, uh, I do have an accordion and a washboard. Um, if you would like to play accordion or washboard for Neckbeard Death Camp, uh, send us an email and we won't respond. Um, <laughs> you should do, uh, you should use your prosthetic advance to do what Death Grips did and just, uh, go into the Chateau Marmont Hotel in Los Angeles and do a load of drugs. Uh, then uh, destroy your contract with them. That, that seems like the most uh, punk thing to do. Weirdly, it worked out for them. So you know, everything works out for Death Grips. They they cannot be killed. It doesn't make sense. Also, their new records are good again, which is even more fucked up. Part <laughs> actually vulnerable. Uh, let me uh, let me go ahead and say this real quick. Death Grips, if you are listening to this, uh, hit us up. Let's do a split. Fuck it, do it. Death Grips, do a split with Knack for your death camp. Th- yeah. That would that would fucking own. Especially if like I could claim they did this on my show. I'll promote this constantly. Like you will have <laughs> free advertising for me at least forever. Actually, while we're doing this, um, Hales, you go first. Uh Dream Splits. Who are your dream splits with? You know, now that we have this platform and we're like collecting allies and like yeah. Dream split. Well, Woe is definitely up there. Uh, Primitive Man is definitely up there. Um, and fuck it, why not Spectral Voice too? <laughs> Voice, Neckbeard, Death Camp. Those guys are <laughs> serious. Yeah. Probably, but yeah, probably Woe and Primitive Man. Top two. Yeah. Um... I, I have been sort of like loosely tweeting at uh, Ice T. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dream split is definitely with fucking body count. That would be tight. That would be cool, yeah. Especially yeah, I mean, like after the of that, like, no lives matter thing, like, it's clear that body count is fucking with it, you know? Yeah. Um, like, Ice T's rapping has always been, like, pretty political, and, like, early body count was super political, but, like, no Lives Matter was like like a clear sign of like a a really sharp political entity, and I just think that that would be the coolest fucking thing to work especially with those for guys. Him, especially for him to drop that while still on SVU. Like it's different from when he dropped Cop Killer. Like he has major uh, like <laughs> mainstream uh, visibility, and he's like, I know what I'm gonna do. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, IT is fucking cool. Uh, yeah. he's Ice Cube, a little less so. Pretty alright, but a centrist dad, but that's yeah. you know, you know, he's rich and old, so that's I don't I don't have high hope for them. Um, any other dream splits? I'm trying to think. Uh, obviously, Kesha. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. She can at least drop a, a vocal. I mean, that'd right. be cool. You play extreme music, so you will release a collaborative album with the body at some point. It's inevitable. Yeah. They just you—you you may not even invite them. You'll just find it like, "What? What's this? Where did, <laughs> did 
Well, look, just decided to put us on their record. They didn't even tell us. Like, did you did you do this noise? You're like, I didn't do this noise. And then someone from the body creeps out and be like, that'd be me. <laughs> you're like, what? How do you get in here? And it's like, I'm like a rat. And then he just scurries out. <laughs> um, I would also be interested in working uh, with that band, Horror, the one spelled H-O-9-9-0-9. Yeah, oh, the, the those guys. industrial yeah. rap. They were yeah, good. they're fucking cool. Hmm. Um, It'd be chill to see you with clipping. Although they're clipping, that's another kind of uh, industrial rap group of that same type. Is it? I mean, I'll check them out. Um, They're tight. Their record, Mid City, it's nice. Yeah, they're cool, but they're like they're involved with uh, the guy who did uh, that Hamilton musical. Oh no, shit! Yeah, one of them is in Hamilton. I forgot about that. He does like stage stuff or something. So you, you get a lot of, like, centrist cred if you work with them. You would be two steps away from Hamilton money, though. So keep, you know, that's, you know, eye on the ball. We may yeah, not we like Hamilton, be- but we all want that Hamilton money. That's, ooh, ooh, that's the good stuff. We can Who would have be- known that a nerdy-ass rap core, or a nerdcore uh, rap musical uh, hagiography of a man who couldn't say that slavery was bad directly to his friends uh, would make so much money? <laughs> centrists man you, you can never tell what those people are going to do they're like you mean when asked directly by james madison alexander alexander hamilton equivocated on the question of slavery i want to hear more <laughs> about that guy but in rap form because i want to seem woke <laughs> then they just have what for that one they would just have like jpeg mafia produce the whole thing right uh-huh <laughs> and and you know as as a comedy band you have to work with um yeah, the greats, uh, Weird Al, uh, Tenacious D, uh, the Jerky Boys, yeah, that... Longmont Potion Castle. Yeah, just uh, yeah, hit all those you know, great monsters Actually, of I comedy, like, comedy um, rock. I feel like. Doing a split with Weird Al would actually be like a functional political thing. Yeah, from, like I bet he's cool. Like middle school kids, um, like. Like, listen to Weird Al and then, like, grow up to be neckbeards. You know, it would almost like a reverse. You'd um, stem the tide. Yeah, yeah, we would just, like, nip the buds, you know? Like, because, I mean, like, I think Weird Al's a great guy, you know? Yeah, I just think that struck me off. His music, like, quite often appeals to, like, middle school kids with long hair who wear Hawaiian shirts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like, I think they, that would be, like, an effective, like, anti, you know, like, anti-negative recruitment program. <laughs> Got again while they're young. Right. And it would almost um, be like uh, Ghost, when they covered Rory Erickson, of, like, kind of makes a statement about, like, here's how you should view the band. Like, people who come at Ghost in 2018 is like, they're not ultra-heavy and really satanic. It's like... Correct. They've covered ABBA more than once. You, are you stupid? Um, that likewise, the like, we've recorded a split with Weird Al. We've also recorded a split with some some you know premium crust bands. But like, come on, pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hales, do you have feelings about Ghost? Not really a huge fan, to be honest with you. 
I like I respect them and what they do. That's cool. But I'm, it, it's not for me. I can follow that. Hmm. My my specific feelings on ghosts is that the female nameless ghoul can get it, but uh, otherwise I have no strong feelings. I like big arena pop, and also their big arena pop is about worshipping Satan, and so I'm in, baby. That's it, I'm sold. <laughs> Alright, here's some tea for you. Um, I'm gonna... Kriegmaster Storm is about to spill some tea. Um, it is, in being like an adult metalhead and like interacting with um, people uh, who can't fucking like anything, um, a lot of people sort of like won't admit to why they like and dislike stuff, you know? And for a long time, I like sort of couldn't figure out why it was that I didn't like Ghost. Because um, obviously I like pop shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, Ghost is just us like admitting that we were lying to our moms in middle <laughs> school when we were like, heavy metal isn't a costume, mom. You know, uh, uh, like ghost, ghost is like just like a like the gentrification of heavy metal. <laughs> like, whoa, that that's an article waiting to be written right there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a PhD thesis, right in there. Italics, yeah. In italics, he was totally serious when he said this. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, ghost. <laughs> No, I mean, like, like, like I, I, I totally, I totally, like, respect, like, the musicianship that goes into Ghost, the stagecraft that goes into Ghost, all that stuff. But, um, like, you know, it's, it's fucking Scooby-Doo music. Yeah. Um, but, like, you'll just have, like, the weirdest fucking metalheads, like, go to bat for Ghost. And I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, this is everything that I don't like about heavy metal just dressed up like heavy metal. I like uh, the songs. Is that's that's the part I go to bat for. I'm like, I put them on, and I'm like, wow, oof. And they're playing a riff, and I'm like, that's a nice one. Yeah, I, I I've listened to them and feel nothing. That's fair. I, yeah, I like every metalhead in the world just seems to have like tossed a coin at one point, and <laughs> they yeah. come up don't they're, like Ghost or, or love Ghost. They're definitely not a metal band, so I follow that. They are definitely an arena pop rock band, and you either like arena pop rock and Ghost, or maybe you like the genre, but not them. But yeah, I think I think it's more their like their heritage gets them lumped in way more with like dog. You like Gorguts, you're gonna love this band. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like they're not really similar at all. Um <laughs> No, they, they did not scratch a similar itch, I don't, I don't think. Like, I on put them on hand. when I would want to listen to Super Tramp. Like, that's that's the mood I'm in when I put them on. On the other hand, you know the one heavy metal band that, like, even my most, like, ultimate fucking mega Krieg black metal friends like, that everybody admits that they fucking like... Why well, and and no, I I mean I, I also like them. Um, I think that they're a great band, but I couldn't tell you why I like that band so much. Why is Clutch so fucking good? <laughs> I don't know. They got they got the riffs. They got I I hear them and I'm like it's like if ZZ Top liked Rush and no one was an objectivist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah baby. <laughs> Yo, you like Clutch? 
You like Clutch? Yeah, Cl- Clutch. Uh, fucking, they they got the riffs. That's all the. It's like Clutch when, has solid riffs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. I mean, I personally pretty much only listen to extreme metal. It's like ninety nine percent of what I listen to. Um, and even if I don't, even if it's not like metal. It has like a similar aesthetic of being like usually sad or angry. <laughs> so, yeah. fun. The big mystery I love is that I have rarely met a metalhead who doesn't love Blind Guardian, even if they otherwise hate power metal. They're just like, <laughs> I don't know, choirs about Lord of the Rings is tight. Just shut up. <laughs> I don't Blind, want to interrogate. Blind Guardian, a fucking rule. Love Blind Guardian. I saw I them kind live. Of- Literally everyone was singing along. Everyone. Oh yeah, they're it's that like, everyone robot likes them, but they're fans. Game, right? Like, sorry. Wasn't there that robot unicorn game that Adult Swim released? There was like the heavy metal version, and it was Blind Guardian in the background. Pro- <laughs> that that sounds that sounds like something they'd do. Yeah, that one song where it's like the flying on the trees. Yeah, that that one. Yeah. Yeah. When we all know and love. So let's round off the show by playing one of you guys' songs. We're going to play uh, White Genocide. I think the, oh, fir- the good one. The good one, yeah. I'm not going to play one of the bad ones. Yeah. Play <laughs> that. But um, yeah, let's play White Genocide. It's the first song of United Anti Fascist Evil, which you can get on Bandcamp and for. right now. You could send it as a gift or, you know, it's Bandcamp. You've heard of Bandcamp. Yeah. Also, important to mention, um, we're donating uh, 100% of the proceeds of this one to Planned Parenthood. Um, Yeah. We decided to to put our money where our mouth is on this one. Yeah. So you will not only be supporting two amazing artists – You'll also be paying for abortions. That's so cool. Welcome to the left, baby. This is what yeah. we dream of. This... Subsidize them. Not subsidize them. <laughs> free. They're all free, paid for. In fact, you should get money to have them. Right. There should, be a, the bounty. There should be a bounty on uh, unborn children. Um, they should, it should be for, it, we should force Christians to hand deliver the fetus... Uh, the fetus bounty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I congratulate everyone who's had an abortion personally. <laughs> this, but, um, here. this is it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, so keep checking out Neckbeard Death Camp and Gaylord and all anti fascist black metal bands and bands in general. Uh, and we'll be back next week when we'll probably be talking about books again. So sorry about that. But um, you can go online and follow Netbeard Death Camp on Twitter. And you can follow Landon on Twitter and me on Twitter. And um, yeah. And then at MDF next year, you can see these guys live. So, and that's going to be a, a fucking hell of a show, I imagine. So okay. do that. Yeah, buckle the fuck up for that one. Yeah. <laughs> So here's Netbeard Death Camp doing White Genocide. You are playing fucking <laughs> <laughs>